Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening into that strange little conversation. This is Wild Wasteland. As always, I'm Dean Maldonado, and with me is Michael Johnson. Vroom, 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 vroom. Okay, actually, I'm sorry. I'm here with John Deere. Okay, well, so John Deere, how you doing today? Is the uh, is the oil? Oh, sounds like you. Okay, good. Second gear. Ew. Oh wow. Oh, look at that sharp turn. That zero point turn technology. Get That's the it. hell out of here. Oh, Mike. Hey, hey. Okay, John. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. Cool. Hey, hey. How you doing? Uh, sorry. Watch out for the exhaust smoke. Yeah, uh, what's, there's a lot of smoke in here. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, me and my friend John were just hanging out. We were. Uh, what are you guys talking about? Uh, you know, gardening. Um, okay. Herbology. <laughs> you would. You know, just things like that. Nothing. Nothing too weird. Um, so how you doing, Mike? I'm all right. Yeah. Just yeah. hanging out here, just in the smoke and the clouds. I mean we can we can open the door and just like waft no. it out real quick. Don't make noise. I got you ready. All right, this okay. is the most professional podcast that's ever been professional. No no right. no dulled. Ready? I got I got a trick, okay? This is my okay. secret power. Right. Open the door and <sighs> better? Yeah, that wasn't awful at all. Yeah, it's getting cut. Damn it. <laughs> I was thinking that you could like animate all the shit going out the door. Oh, okay. That's why I just blew into the microphone. Yeah, no, so maybe. You just have my yeah. guy going and all the smoke. Just yeah, like, no, I, I get it. Gone. It's good. We have a podcasting. Do we? Uh, people can't see us. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like Bob Marley in here. Yeah, I. I okay. Well, <laughs> then I guess we'll talk to these people like they can't see us. <laughs> I don't know why we have all these cameras up. They're not going anywhere. For all the listeners, <laughs> there are like literally like sixteen cameras mounted and yeah. like pointed at the table in different positions, and I don't know why. This is a red room when you aren't here. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh my god! That's why you wanted me to look into snuff films, you <laughs> devious bastard. Well. What, what, what'd, 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 what'd you bring for us today? Oh, um, paper. Yeah, yeah. I just got this paper right here. Oh, wow, there's a lot of words on it, too. This is, oh, wow, yes. Yeah. I. It's in written in crayon. Yeah, but at least it's green crayon on blue paper, so I can easily read it. Yes, it's um, really good for the eyes. It is, it is. Thank God I don't have my, uh, my glasses on me. Oh. oh, shit. Either way, thank God it's 96 font. Well, everyone, yeah, I did it extra big. Today, we're going to be talking about a, um, a really a topic that should be talked about more often, don't you think? This is maybe the most important topic we've ever talked about. Uh, I tend to disagree, but this you know, is, I mean, uh, this is world changing. This topic. I mean, it's it changed my world. Yeah, I'm about to say uh, it definitely ruined Mike's mind. Um, like I, he's become a recluse since finding out about this. This is me. This is what's gonna happen to me. This is I don't I don't know how to explain it. This is probably what I'm gonna do right before I die. This is like Mike's American dream. Oh man, yeah. Fuck the white picket fence. Yeah, <laughs> Give he, me a fucking bulldozer. He doesn't want a nuclear family with like two point five kids, a dog and a now fuck that shit. I want a, a shack in Colorado, boy, because where are we going? We're going to be building the Killdozer. Oh, yeah, the Killdozer. This thing is fucking badass. Oh if, you haven't, if you have no idea what this shit looks like, 
You deserve it to yourself to look this up. Google, oh, yeah. Google search it. Just look just look into uh honestly we'll post a picture. We're gonna post a couple pictures and a couple yeah. articles on our Facebook page. So check those out. But the killdozer is the story of when a reasonable man turned to unreasonable means. Oh Marvin John Hemeyer, born October twenty eighth, nineteen fifty one. An American welder and muffler repair shop owner who, after a rough couple of years thinking the world is fucking with him, decides to do something about it the only way he knows how. Were you doing a voice there? <clears throat> what? Oh. Uh, no? No, sorry. I, I had something stuck in my throat. Did, did it sound yeah. weird? Yeah, it's a oh, little weird. Uh, Were you, are we trying to like up the production quality of this? shack of a podcast no, nobody told me we still have a m- milk crate on the table don't forget about that. i know and i'm still sad that it's not dean's milk nope it's hawthorne it's like, i know i know we have fucking pierce hawthorne in here we don't have dean either way so uh hemeyer so marvin hemeyer we'll call him marv because uh, obviously we're friends yeah he he lived in grand lake colorado uh which is about 16 miles away from a town called granby and all of this is residing in grand county yeah, Granby, Granby Town, boy. So to to give everyone a little bit of perspective of where, because obviously, Colorado like, like is a most big people, thing. yeah. I, when I think of Colorado, I think of Denver and Boulder, which are literally right next to each other. Yeah. So there's more to Colorado. There is. It's there's like a, a lot big state. more. Um. So when you go immediately over the mountains to the west of yeah. uh of Boulder, that is where this is located. Okay. Um. And so, according to a neighbor. You know, he, he moved into town in the uh, early 90s, and his friends stated that he had, like, he had no relatives in that entire area, and so one of his friends, you know, was, t- was telling people he was a rather likable person, you know? Yeah. He, uh, his brother said that he would bend over backwards for anyone, which, you know, I mean, he was a really affable, nice guy. Yeah. Um, however, I'm- the local resident, uh, Christy Baker, claimed that her husband was threatened by Hemeyer after refusing to pay for a disputed muffler repair. Baker said that her husband later paid uh, Hemeyer 124 bucks via an intermediary, which that says something, you know? I don't know. That th- says more about the husband than, uh, than, uh, than Marv. Does it? That he would... That he would... I think this guy's a bit of a coward. If well, he would, yeah, he, he was arguing with a guy over a muffler repair for 120 bucks. Did, so did much you so get that your the guy muffler was, repaired there? No, but I mean, come on. The the guy was so concerned that he had to <laughs> deliver the $124 through a third party. I'm just saying, like, did he get his muffler repaired there? Not you. Oh, yeah, he, he did. Yeah, oh, he okay, then what's the, what's the fucking, what's the what's He probably the didn't want to pay for, like, labor. Yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> what a, the guy sounds like a prick. He probably was. He probably was. I've been listening to these Marv tapes. There's, uh, four, there's like, three hours on YouTube, and... uh I don't know. Guy sounds. We actually might put some uh, put some of the tapes in the podcast. But the okay. guy guy sounds like a, a a nice guy. I like him. Yeah. So did Ted Bundy. Um, <laughs> Nobody thought Ted Bundy sounded like a nice guy. Yeah, he did. He sounded like a really nice guy. Listen to the was, tapes uh, on YouTube. Oh my god, that guy sounds. I was like, oh yeah, that guy sounds like he fucks the skulls of decapitated women. Yeah, but when you interview him well after the fact, of course he's going to feel like that. He's been sitting in prison and rotting. It's the, you know, third He never confessed on those tapes. He's still I know. He's still to that to his dying day was like, no, I'm innocent. I'm innocent, but hypothetically I would have done it like this. <laughs> um 
So in 92, Hemeyer purchased two acres of land from uh, the Resolution Trust Corporation, which is a federal agency um, that handles the assets of failed saving and loan institutions. Yeah. Um, that day's interesting because um, it w- there was 162 auctions that day that he bought it, and the only one that was disputed, well, disputed, was uh, the one that he bought. The guy that really he was also he was uh, he was going up like ah, I want it for ten, I want it for fifty grand, I want it for six. He was, he was going back and forth, and uh, yeah, this whole incident happened because that day when he got the when he bought that property. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely the uh, it's the start of the tipping point. No, yeah, it was a start. Yeah, to it's the, a start. It, yeah, it's it really start. was the start of the descent to this man to madness. <laughs> um, so he purchased that land for forty two thousand dollars to build a muffler shop, um, um, and subsequently agreed to sell the part of the land mm-hmm. to um, a man, Cody Dochev, because uh, Cody wanted to build a concrete batch plant. and um, Nothing wrong with that. So the the original agreed price was uh, $250,000. Good, good deal of profit. And I don't know if it's just Colorado men, but for some reason, like all of the quotes about these dealings with Marv Hemeyer, yeah. Come from the wives of the men who did the dealings with him. I just feel like that's old timey West, out West uh, mentality. Could be, because like, yeah, uh, I mean, according to Susan Dochev, um, <laughs> Hemeyer changed his mind and increased the price to three hundred seventy-five thousand, and then later demanded uh, approximately a million. And so, uh, I can just see him building and building and building, boiling over. Mm-hmm. And then some people believe that this negotiation happened. Uh, before there was a rezoning proposal that was heard by town council. Ooh, town so council. in 2001, um, just about nine years after he bought the land and probably about six years after he finished that whole issue with Dochev, mm-hmm. the zoning commission, the town trustees, approved the construction of the concrete plant. Oh, those assholes at City oh, city Hall. Ooh. And so Hemeyer attempted to appeal the decision, but was unsuccessful. Um it's then claimed that he actually uh, tried to block the construction access to the shop, but yeah. people were like, "Yeah, that probably wasn't him." Yeah, um, I don't know. That's that's um, that's that's um, unsubstantiated, right? Yeah, it's very unsubstantiated. Yeah. Um, and then so he finally actually uh, got fined by the town of Granbury, which is where the land was located, mm-hmm. uh, twenty five hundred bucks. For various violations, including things like junk cars on the property, yeah. uh, not being hooked up to a sewer line. He was trying, though, for years through the city council. That's what's really fucked up about it. Uh, they like they they took the minutes out of the meeting that he had with them, and then they said, oh, you never tried to, you never tried to get hooked up to the sewer. Mm. We're going to fine you $2,500. Yeah, because he was, he was found, actually, he was trying to cross eight feet of the uh, construction factory land to hook up his sewer line. So come on, I just want to use the sewer. And when they when they wouldn't let him do that, he was then found dumping waste uh, from an improvised, basically a uh, tank. Yeah, he uh, yeah he he is. made like an improvised septic tank, uh, and then drained it directly into an irrigation ditch, which is like super illegal. Yeah, that's uh, there's a few things. There's that a lot he, of fines uh, from the EPA that come from that. He didn't like the EPA either. It wasn't a septic tank. It was um, the runoff from the shop. It was like oils and stuff. 
Oh, so worse than septic. <laughs> yeah. So so metal scraps, oils, yeah, uh, like uh, just things that you probably gasoline, don't, yeah, just things, things that you just really want to drink. <laughs> so now we'll get on to uh, the birth of the Killdozer. Oh, so Hemeyer leased his business because obviously he was fucking throwing away money, basically. Yeah, the law the lawyer was very expensive to fight City Hall, and he tried what. For years, yeah, for years. I think multiple he, times. I think he said like he spent like ten thousand dollars or something on him. Holy hell! Um, so Hemeyer leased his business to a trash company, and then sold the property uh, about several months before he went on this rampage. Oh, don't need to, don't need to put the cart in front of the horse here. Come on. Well, so okay. Well, well, we're gonna we're gonna evolve this thing pretty well. I'll tell you. They uh, after the fact they investigators were checking out um the incident like like the scene and what his motivation was um and they actually found notes after the incident that indicated that the primary motivation for this killdozer rampage uh was actually a plan was his plan to stop the concrete plant from being built um, and the notes indicated that he held grudges over the zoning approval yeah uh with the quote of I was always willing to be a re- to be reasonable until I had to be unreasonable. He oh. wrote, "Sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things." He sounds like he sounds like he was like preaching to himself yeah. as if he was his own MLK. Yeah. He was writing those notes, he was taking uh he was recording himself. Actually, no, he sounds way more like uh Oh, what was his name? The leader of the Black Panther movement. Oh. Uh, Malcolm X. Yeah, he sounds much more like Malcolm X. We have been reasonable for way too long. Killdozer. Yeah. yeah. No, he's uh, definitely Black Panther. Killdozer is going to be the next Marvel Avenger. That'd be sick. Um, and so Humair took about uh, about a year and a half to prepare, and it was really. He, he actually he wrote in his notes. He says it's it's interesting to observe that I was never caught. Yeah, that's an interesting aspect. He had it hanging there for like a year and a half as he was building this killdozer. Yeah, and so let's talk about this killdozer, right? So the killdozer was a modified uh, Komatsu D355A, which is what, like a 2,000-pound? It's a gigantic bulldozer. It's a giant bulldozer. It's a huge fucking thing. This this thing like rips through buildings. Yeah, Uh, and then he fitted it with makeshift armor plating covering the cabin um, and the engine and parts of the tracks. Yeah. Uh, in the places, uh, in places this armor was actually over a foot thick, mm-hmm. consisting of a concrete mix sandwiched between thick uh, steel, which made it basically... It's impervious to all yeah. bullets. Yeah, basically <laughs> like, all bullets will stop. Like um, it, Even like a sniper rifle wouldn't be able to penetrate this fucking thing. This is ridiculous, by the way. This is like how do you, like how do you not notice? Because he was just having it hanging there in in the shop. It was just, yeah. It was just. He it said, wasn't like uh, in the corner, like covered. With his quote about interesting, he never got caught. He said, especially with a two thousand pound lift fully exposed, <laughs> somehow their vision was clouded. Um, yeah, kind of a Christian. He was like blaming God. He was like, God must have wanted me to do it. Mm. Well, most insane people will tell them <laughs> that God told them. Uh, so for visibility, because obviously he covered the entire fucking cab with 
armor-plated steel. Yeah, you can't really see out that. Uh, he fitted the bolt, the killdozer with um, several video cameras that were linked to monitors inside the vehicle dashboard. Mm-hmm. And then the cameras were protected. He put so much time into these cameras. Yeah, uh, pretty They crazy. were protected by three-inch shield of bulletproof glass. And then underneath that bulletproof uh, glass, he had compressed air nozzles that were fitted to blow dust yeah. away from the cameras yeah. so you could always see. Uh, he also had onboard fans and an air conditioner to keep himself cool. Oh, that sounds pretty relaxing. I kind of want to live in a killdozer. He had three gun ports <laughs> uh, fitted for one for a 50 caliber rifle, one for a uh, .308 semi-automatic rifle, and a uh, .22 LR rifle. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, that's like a... Wow. He was just loaded up. Yeah, and that's like half a military unit. Um, and it was all fitted with one half inch thick steel plate. So apparently, he really had no intention of ever leaving the killdozer once he got. Oh into yeah, it. this is a one way trip. There's no way of getting out of this thing. It's like sealing yourself off in a vault. Yeah, he uh, basically he lowered the bulldozer over himself, and then once he tipped this lid shut. The the dozer was kind of resting on it, so there was really no way to get out. Yeah, there's no way to lift it up. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you want to after what he's about to do. So exactly, it's not like not. hey, uh, I I was just joking. I was just kidding. <laughs> just I'm fine. Just lift this uh, fucking thing off of me, will ya? It's heavy. So the interesting thing is that even though it's known as the kill dozer. Marv Hemayer was the only person who died in the entire ordeal. Says something about him. Um, and actually, Killdozer is the name of a short story that was written in 1945 that just, the name fit too well, so oh, they just yeah. used it. Yeah, it was a good it's good story about World War II. Yeah? No, I don't. It's you you read it? It's a sci-fi novel. I don't really read those. You don't really read. I read this. There you go. Well, I'm... I feel like you also listened to like hours of this. Man I was talking. listening to hours. I, okay. I, my my brain is mush. I'm just like, just trying to tell you that we shouldn't record today. I was like, yeah, he's he's right. This guy is all in the. <laughs> he's an asshole. Right? He's he's a bad guy, but it's it's hard to like say not. I mean, wrong. Mike, you're you're always you're always fighting for the people, though. You know, that's all. That's all I'm trying to do here. That's that's really who you the are. Point of the point of wild wasteland. Like, you're you're really trying to be the voice for that little guy, you know, like little you guy want, getting stepped on by big government. Exactly, and so this we guy, need more killed. I say this guy, this one man, Marv Hemeyer, he was tired of being stepped on, so he built a bigger boot. Yeah, it's literally what he did. Uh, I heard so, a good joke. Uh, he uh, leveled the playing field. Oh, boom, 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 boom. So let's talk about this rampage. We've kind of built it up enough, haven't we? Are we getting we getting there already? Shit. Yeah. We're so, just flying through it. Well, so this rampage. Yeah. So what happened during this rampage? We're actually coming up on the uh, on the 15 year anniversary. Wow. So. All right, the rampage. The rampage. Are you not, are you gonna do your the the true crime voice? I don't know if I can sustain it for this whole thing, but I'll try. Marv Meyer. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> June 4th, 2004, Marv Hemeyer 
decided to take out years of aggression on the town he felt wronged him. Ooh. How? Yeah, how's he going to do it? With his armored bulldozer, dubbed the Killdozer. <laughs> Marv was going to show the town what a reasonable man was truly capable of. Oh, shit. Just after 3 p.m., Marv burst through his former business, ripping right through a corner of a sheet metal workshop. This was the official start to his rampage. He set his sights on the Mount Park Concrete Building, crushing a small building to the south just before moving on to the larger three-story building a little further north running through it like a boat through water. So this is interesting because we actually have a few pictures of this. And you can find us on find this on our Facebook page because I'm going to look for them all and upload them. But in this one, you can actually see like the inside of it. And there's a trailer in the back corner. Kind of looks like our trailer that we're hanging out here. <gasps> what? Yeah. Is that ours? Uh-oh. They found us. <laughs> After he was finished turning the concrete company into rubble, he entered the highway. Heading east, he exits onto West Agate Ave, heading towards the next victim on his list. Not too far down the road, he started tearing into Mountain Park's electric building. Oh, shit. That's where they make Mountain Dew. Next door, to which was his intended target the offices of the Maple Street Builders, completely demolishing it. So this is an interesting part, because he just demolishes this building. Like, a lot of these buildings get rebuilt and stuff. This one's just gone off the face of the earth. Never to return. Back on Agate Street, Marv heads east. The Killdozer hooks a hard left on Mesa Street, speeding until he gets to Jasper Ave, where the rampage is only heating up. City Hall was next on his hit list. That's right. Nothing can stop this guy. Uh, mind we're, we're only like 30 minutes into this fucking thing, and he's flying through this place. He's cutting this town up like butter. City Hall gets so fucked up that they actually have to move it in like the middle of the street. You can actually see it on the map if you look it up. We're gonna have like a map breaking this whole thing down on our, uh, on our, um, uh, Facebook. If you're interested, check out the Facebook page. <laughs> right across from City Hall was the police station. Hey, can you guess what he did to that building? He fucked it up. This is one of the buildings he had a little fun with. He went in through the front door, making a zigzag through the building destroying desks, breaking cells, before heading out into the back parking lot. In the parking lot, he ran over at least 10 cop cars. This is one of my favorite fucking pictures. Like, it is just, I don't know if you saw it, but it's just like, it's its completely gutted. Like, it's like just like everything else. I'm going to keep saying this, I guess. And uh, there's all the cars are flat. It's amazing. It's like, ah! He turned the police station... Joy. Into a pancake house. <laughs> oh, instead of a donut shop. It's funny. After he had his fun at the police station, the killdozer got back on Jasper Ave, heading east, taking a right on First Street, 
only going for a block until he got to... You You wonder if he was uh, playing uh, Fuck the Police by uh, NWA. I think he was. The Liberty Saving Bank. He plowed right into the front of this bank, went all the way through, making the whole structure askew. Man, he like ran over this fire hydrant in front of the in front of the bank. Got, probably got all the money wet. What a dick! Back on Agate Ave, he goes over a quarter mile east without damaging any buildings, which proves that uh, he was still on the fence about his motives. This guy was like a, a true professional, just seeking out the the businesses or the people that wronged him. And he just fucked them up. Finally, Marv got to punch the town in the closest thing to a mouth he could find. The Sky High News Building. So yeah, like his main grief was with this one uh, columnist who just kept calling him a scammer, trying to scam the comp- trying to scam the city out of money to pay for his own shit. But this is interesting because this is like the first time we get to see footage of his... His rampage. This is when the news finally catches on to because this, this is like an hour in. Like he's just fucking up shit left and right, as you can tell from how many buildings he's destroyed. Marv got to Sky High News and said, "Knock knock. Here's your breaking news." <laughs> like a hot knife through butter, he ran straight into the building, doing a U-turn after going all the way through the building into a parking lot where he pushed four cars into the street as the police were trying to get him to stop. Evading police, he took a right onto Agate Ave and went for a few blocks before hooking a left onto 6th. On the corner of Agate and 6th was the house of the former Mayor Camby. So what's interesting about Camby is that he passed away already. So so Mars just being a dick and just fucking up this 82-year-old woman's, like, <laughs> like house, but at the same time he did have sons. That was his business, and he like destroyed. I want to say like six of their buildings right there, because they had a construction company. After ruining the widow's day, Marv set on course for the main storage for Thompson and Sons excavation across the street. Oh yeah, he had a real grudge against the Thompsons. And Marv wasn't finished though. It's been about an hour since he started and has flattened select buildings from the far west side of town to the far east when he turns down into... I feel like this is the point where Marv, uh, his ment- his uh, mentality shifts because he, at this point he hasn't used his gun yet. Because he could... Because he... I, I don't know if we, uh, we made this clear, but he has like three guns on the fucking thing and he hasn't used them yet and he's... St- there's, there's claims that he starts using it here. When he turns down into the independent gas company's facility and begins shooting. Reports say that he fired at a massive propane tank outside in hopes that they'd explode. Thankfully, they did not. Not sure if they even would. But at this point, he's just doing donuts down in the dirt. Yeah, this is interesting because this is where the, uh, the famous footage starts coming from. The helicopter where he starts battling this uh, other, uh, I don't, I forget what it's called, like another, um, another truck essentially. It's just like another construction, just like a giant truck. The killdozer 
was attempting to do some donuts when this when a scrapper a scrapper a scrapper yeah. driven by some hero attempted to stop him <laughs> I don't know what to tell you there yeah the footage is yeah sped up it it is they keep attempting to tr- to trap marv but yeah. thankfully in the game of chicken the killdozer always wins. Now the scrapper turned around to flee as the killdozer rammed it from behind. And uh, there I think uh, I think Marv was done. He's done with this shit. He backtracks onto Agate Ave for one final victory run where he takes out a light post on the corner of the copycat store. How could this guy possibly have uh, wronged uh, Marv Hemeyer, huh? It was just a... Just a copy store. Finally, with a bursted radiator blowing steam, the killdozer rips into the Gamble's store. It slices open one side of the Markle before the scrapper was able to box it in. Left with no choice but to continue forward, the killdozer drives through the wall until one of its tread falls into the store's basement. This cemented the Rampage's finale. In one last act of defiance, Marv goes out his own way and puts a bullet through his head. Through Um, his own head. In case you didn't know that the man locked inside of a giant killdozer only could shoot himself in the head. Yeah, no. I shouldn't have to explain this to you, but the writing on this makes it lightly confusing. (laughs) I I don't think that's bad writing. Of course you don't. (laughs) I think it's excellent writing. You wrote it. (laughs) So, like, this is this is my kind of hero, right? Like, he didn't really kill anybody. You know, he, he he fucked up a few buildings and he killed himself. Uh, if this puts me on a list, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Do you think you, they actually have a list? A list of potential killdozers? What a worthless list. They definitely do. <laughs> they definitely don't have a list of potential killdozer makers. It's just one name. <laughs> Michael Johnson. <laughs> Special shout out to our source for this. Forrest Haggerty. His YouTube video where he pretty much shows the route that Marv took is insanely detailed and accurate. From the three pieces of video and photos we have, I like him. Also watched his Pearl Harbor video. (laughs) Oh, I can't do it. I can't ramble like you in that stupid fucking voice. Let me try again. Oh, my God. I like him. I like him. I like him. Also, no, fuck off. You can't, you, you, you can't tell. Hold on. Okay, hold on. You got, you got the... Let me take a second to collect myself. Okay, all right. I like him. Also, watch his Pearl Harbor video. Actually, though, it was some random guy that happened to live in the area at the time. End of rampage. June 4th, 2004. God bless America. He mayor tipped his little bulldozer onto himself. He's inside it now. And he drove the armored bulldozer 
through the wall of his former business, which is now owned by the trash company. Yeah. Um, now, well, that wall's trash now, boy. I tell you what. Exactly. He uh, he then turned his sights on his main enemy, the yeah. concrete plant. Fuck that guy. Fuck. Completely demolished the concrete plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he demolished Town Hall, uh, the office of the local newspaper that editorialized against him, the <laughs> home of the asshole. former mayor. Yeah. Who was dead and his widow was living there. 82-year-old woman. Uh, and a hardware store owned by another man that he may have named in a lawsuit, as well as a few others that were definitely connected to the yeah, ordeal. definitely did some fucking wrong to this man. And, uh, yeah, so literally every single building that was damaged was owned by a person who was some way connected to that trial or to, like, his disputes. Uh, the attack only lasted for two hours se- and seven minutes. He damaged 13 buildings, knocked out natural gas service to the city hall and to the concrete plant, uh, damaging a truck and destroying a part of a utility service center. So he took out an electric company, a gas company, <laughs> city hall, a bank. The police station. The police station. A news agency. News agency. Who can report on this? What's what do you do? You can't get power. You can't you get call gas. Boulder. Send send a chopper. We got a crazy story. Oh man, that's yeah. That gets we get to uh, we uh, we'll so, talk about the chopper later. So really, despite the great damage to property, no one was killed. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's almost like he did it all. He planned it all out. Yeah, I mean, there's like, I'm he sure, is very meticulous. I'm he sure knew exactly is. what he was doing. I feel like he didn't want to kill anybody. He's like we don't know that. I'm I, sure there I, were a few people he could have been like, if they he were had in three there. guns sticking out of the fucking. Th- I feel like he could have killed some people. Like he could have, he could have just drove this thing in the middle of town and just started firing off. Could have, but, but he, he didn't. Hate didn't. The people. He he ran through a bank. There's nothing wrong with this man. <laughs> That's fair. So actually, in total, the estimated damage was uh, seven million dollars. Oof. Jesus Christ. According to uh, Grand County Commissioner James Newbury, uh, Grand County emergency dispatchers use the reverse 911 emergency system to notify a bunch, many of the residents and property owners that the rampage was going on. Wait, 911's calling me? Yeah, they, they sent out like a, I think it was most likely, it was 2004, but most likely a mass text, like almost like an Amber Alert. No, I don't think it was a mass text in 2004. I would think it would. You're too young. And you can fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have smartphones until 2007. You don't need a smartphone to text, you dipshit. Nobody fucking text in 2004. I can guarantee you, except for like kids my age. It was jerking off. What's next? <laughs> what, are you, are you trying to get out of this, uh, this argument because you know you're entirely incorrect? Well, we'll ask the people of Boulder, Colorado, how they got their text. Or All call. right, I'll, I'll call some people. Um, now the defenders them? of uh, I won't text them. It's 2019. Nobody texts anymore. <laughs> I have to send them a pic of my dick on Snapchat, and then when they respond with "you up," then we can start talking. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how it goes down nowadays. Um, so defenders of Hemeyer contended that really he made a point to not hurt anyone, yeah. including a a bakery owner in town who's like, yeah, he literally could have destroyed my business. And he turned. Yeah, there's um, he didn't want. To harm people. Yeah, he, he had a very specific plan. He went for the 13 buildings that he went to. And uh, 
to be honest with you, I think he only wanted to do like 11, but then he just saw still another. had gas in the tank. Yeah. He's like, fuck it. Now, others have offered different views. So yeah, the sheriff's department. Oh, yeah, the sheriff's department, part of the city hall, part of the city that was wronging him, that caused this whole mess. Yeah. yeah. Let's not blame the sheriff here. No, nah, they argued that really it was just dumb luck that nobody was hurt besides yeah. himself. Because, I mean, he did, as you said, he, he had two rifles in firing ports, um, and he only fired 15 bullets from the rifles. Uh, Though he had thousands of rounds. Yeah, and all of them were aimed at power transformers and propane tanks. I think you just want to see things go boom. I think, I well, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say because... Because, yeah, he said, they said that if the tanks had ruptured and exploded, everyone within a mile and a half of the explosion could have been endangered. Yeah, but bullets don't make propane tanks explode. <laughs> no, it's usually the... Uh, fire. Yeah, it's usually so, the, like a some kind of uh, friction from the bullet no, there's no the metal fr- no, that no, could no. cause some kind of a it was on, miniature spark. It was on the what the, the Mythbusters. They, they shot it with everything, even incendiary rounds, and still wouldn't blow up. Wow. Well, they were fuck. Doing, Thanks, Hollywood. And I think uh, I think he would have known. I think he was a Mythbuster kind of guy. Like I feel <laughs> like he watched it in 2004. He was like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> well, so 12 police officers and residents of Senior Citizens Complex uh, were actually inside that range. Oh, yeah, I feel bad um, for the senior citizens. They, they're feels they're bad complicit. for the senior citizens. They're complicit. They're the ones doing it, too. <laughs> the Sheriff's Department also asserted that uh, Hemeyer fired uh, many of the bullets from his semi-automatic rifle at Cody Dochev. Yeah, that guy's an asshole. When Dochev tried to stop the assault on his concrete batch plant using a wheel tractor scraper. Oh, that was him. Holy shit. Oh, shit. We'll, we'll, we'll post a picture of a wheel tractor scraper. These things are massive. Well, check out the, uh, the Facebook page. We'll have all these pictures mm-hmm. and uh, the videos of this guy. This guy is... I'm... Oof. Yeah, and Hemer's bulldozer, his little killdozer, just pushed this thing aside. Oh, man, it wasn't even a fucking competition. Yeah. So Hemer actually did fire at two state patrol officers. Only at, uh, It was before they fired at him. Um, and also, just, just as a note, if we're looking at the, the timing of this whole thing... Yeah. Because we always have to kind of put that in perspective. Because, like, nowadays, you know, every Tuesday there's a school shooting. Yeah. Like, we're very desensitized to these massive acts of violence. In 2004, we weren't as much so. But, you know, I mean, like, because it's, it's post-9-11. Yeah. It's, uh, so tensions are high. We're at war. We're at war. We're, we're, we're really, you know, the, the big push of the country was on feeling safe at home. Yeah. Because this is before a lot of the, uh, you know, like, the, the jihadist attacks started really becoming national news every day. Mm-hmm. Um, 2004, ooh, Boulder, Colorado, heart of the country. Yeah. Now, there were attempts to uh, disable the bulldozer cameras, but obviously, he was fucking ready. Yeah. <laughs> they uh they couldn't penetrate his his bulletproof glass. Duh. Um, at one point, the yeah. uh under sheriff, which I guess is probably like the the bitch sheriff. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't even know that this rank existed. Yeah, me either. Um. This guy, Glenn Trainer, he uh, climbed on top of the killdozer and rolled and rode it like a bronc buster, 
What? He's not the bitch sh- sheriff. He's like the sheriff's sheriff. It's like we need the under sheriff in here. This guy. This that sounds like a real man. It's yeah. Right in the killed up. He wrote it like how a fucking, many people can say that? In he life? wrote the killdozer, and his quote was that he was uh he said it was like trying to figure out a way to put a bu- to get a bullet inside a dragon. That's pretty badass. Like the only time in human history. Yeah, and then he was actually forced to jump off of it because uh, the motherfucker was driving through fucking buildings. Yeah, he was driving through, <laughs> and, and he got crushed with debris. Uh, so at this point, the local authorities uh, and the Colorado State Patrol fear they're running out of options in terms of firepower. Why didn't they just get a bucket of paint and throw it on it? Wouldn't that like cover up the Yeah, it would have easily covered up, and then his little sprayers wouldn't have done anything but yeah. dried the paint. Yeah. That would have been good. If only I was on the police force. You should be on the police force in, in 2004. Yeah. Um, Why don't we just throw some paint at it? <laughs> Basically, they they were just worried that you know at a certain point that he was going to get bored of destroying buildings and start killing people. Yeah, well, that's a that's definitely a fear that the cops would have. Yeah, and so the then governor, this man Bill Owens, allegedly considered authorizing the National Guard to use either an Apache attack <laughs> helicopter <laughs> equipped with a Hellfire missile. What the fuck? Or a two-man fire team equipped with a javelin anti-tank <laughs> missile to destroy the bulldozer, uh, only to deem the option unnecessary due to Hemeyer getting stuck in the Gambies in the Gambles <laughs> hardware store. Um, first off, both of those options are fucking insane. I love it. I think I think because. When a reasonable man is pushed to unreasonable means, <laughs> you just like. I'm the governor of the state of Colorado. I'm pushed to unreasonable means. <laughs> Let's get a helicopter with Hellfire missile. I don't even know what Hellfire. What the fuck even is a Hellfire missile? Is it just fire? Uh, the Hellfire missiles? Yeah. Are they like rockets that blow up or like napalm or something? Like, yeah. What it's is a like, Hellfire missile? They're really. Um, so they're mainly used in the Middle East, obviously, and they're used against like large expanses of like say like a convoy is coming down yeah like killdozers just driving down the road and sure like a convoy of killdozers right you would shoot a hellfire missile that i'm pretty sure like just above ground it kind of oh so it blows up pre-explodes and then just like falls in basically has a larger blast radius because it does explode before the surface and then falls and explodes a second time i feel like that would do more damage to the town than however killdozer the thing is that like if they wanted to use a fucking javelin missile, they could have. In 2002, uh oh, <laughs> a single use of one javelin missile cost $126,000. Oof. And with inflation, I bet it was like $3 million by the time. Well, no, no, not even 2004. That, no, like now, nowadays, uh, the, they're, they're a little bit cheaper. Oh, we get um, them at a discount. <laughs> Well, because the unit cost that much, and then each individual missile was around $80,000. Oh, my God. Because you know what the Javelin missile is? If you ever played Call of Duty, you probably used it. Yeah. No, I know what a Javelin It targets, it shoots up, and then it just dives on them. Yeah, that would have been, like, the way to take out the kill Subterranean bunkers. Yeah. It was Um, either the Javelin missile or some guy's basement. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, we need a helicopter in here now. Hellfire missiles. Extra hellfire missiles. Oh, we we took them out. It was a basement. It was so, a rompous room. 
Um, however, oh. as late as 2011, Governor Owens uh, vehemently still denies that he ever considered using those a- those courses of action. See, this is what I hate about Colorado. I learned from the small town up to big government now. These people, liars. All of them are liars in this government. I like either you did or you didn't, but like don't say like if you did, that's awesome. Don't be embarrassed. Be like, yeah, yeah I Listen, fucking you, said it. Yeah, I'll you, say it again. Get another you, one. You were the fucking governor of this of the state. Yeah. And you had a citizen maniac <laughs> on a rampage that did seven million dollars worth of damage. Of course you were debating blowing him the fuck up. Like, I want to know what his option was if he if if this is all lies and he didn't want to get a javelin or a hellfire missile, then what were you gonna do? Let him run out of gas? <laughs> send send one of those little bomb diffusing units in and then maybe maybe the robot will be able to talk with the killdozer and turn it off. Well maybe if we ask him real nice. They send Wally stop. out there and Wally's like Wally <laughs> Um, it would be funny if he said, no, I just said use a bucket of paint. <laughs> Told you. So two problems arose as he may have destroyed the Gamble's hardware store. Uh-oh. First off, the radiator in his dozer had been damaged. Yeah. Well, uh, you can see in the videos, like, it's just a ton of steam just flying out of that thing. Yeah, and the engine was leaking various fluids, and Gamble's had a very small basement. Uh-oh. Uh, the bulldozer, the killdozer's engine failed. Uh, he aired, uh dropped one tread into the basement and could not get out. Uh, I'm sure he probably fell through the floor. Oh, yeah. Like, 2,000 like pounds? Two th- yeah. How Wait. much How much can a floor withstand? Not not 2,000 pounds of <laughs> killdozer. <laughs> of killdozer. Um, probably more. Like, with the, the concrete. It's probably, like, 10... 10 tons or 10,000 pounds or something. Probably. It's ridiculous. And then so literally like a minute later, one of the SWAT team members who had swarmed around the machine reported hearing a single gunshot from inside the SEAL cab. Uh, it was later determined that Hemer shot himself in the head with a three fifty eight caliber handgun. Yeah, like a man's gun. God, he went out like Dirty Harry. He's like, uh, did I fire six shots or five? Oh, my God. So the police then used uh, they used explosives to try and remove the steel plates, but after their third explosion, didn't do anything. <laughs> Nothing to this fucking. They had monster. to get one of those um, hellfire missiles. No, one of those uh, one of those cutting torches. Oh, a plasma torch. Yeah, and yeah. they they just cut inside, cut it off. Yeah, and then yeah, they stated to the authorities that they removed his body at two a.m. on June fifth. Oh man! Now, when you look at this, right? Yeah. To someone like yourself, I mean, you've been going on about this all day. You love it. He, you know, he stuck it to the people who were trying to fuck him. Yeah. And he went on a rampage and, you know, did his American fucking thing. And, and not one innocent person was killed. Not even no one was killed except for yeah, him. Literally no one was killed and they took his own life. Sounds like uh, no harm, no foul. <laughs> Quite literally. But the only issue is that his entire rampage... <laughs> didn't do shit to harm the people who wronged him. Well, their insurance rates went up. <laughs> well, I'm sure they did. <laughs> Wait, how do what? You, What's happening? How do you quantify an insurance rate for oh. man was targeted <laughs> by killdozer attack? Seems like a risky guy to insure. Yeah, like I feel like I'm on a list now because 
like I feel like the FBI has like a list of like potential kill dozers and like I'm definitely on it now. After this podcast I definitely will be. But it'll be like the shortest, saddest list on FBI history. Like Yeah. It's like five people on it's it. Be like Michael Johnson, Chad Chadwick, John Johnson, <laughs> Mike Michelson. Exactly. It's all it's just like random motherfuckers with all, the same name. Yeah. <laughs> Chad Bozeman. Yeah. Bozeman Chad. Uh so on April 19th, 2005, the town announced plans to scrap Hemair's uh, killdozer. This is how scared of the, this guy these people were. Like they, they scrapped his shit, but not they didn't just like one giant piece. They cut it up into little pieces and sent it all over the country. They yeah. were terrified of anyone having a. I wanted a piece of this. You know what's stupid? I would spend good money on this. They treated. They literally treated uh, dictators, the, the killdozer, like they treated Hitler's body, or like um, Osama bin Laden. <laughs> yeah, just like well, because you know, with so with Hitler, um, the most accepted story is that they the, chopped up his body and sent it to different countries. Well, no, that when he was found, that he was found by Russians in the bunker, and the because uh, the Russians got in there first, and then they cut his head off, yeah, sent it took, to Moscow, they took his head. and they they had KGB agents moving his body around the world to make it look like he was still trying to run to keep the war going so they could keep raiding oh, uh, precious Berlin. art and other shit from Berlin, yeah. yeah. And um, once the body was recovered, they cremated it and they spread it in a lake that they will never disclose, and the honest-to-God quote from the German government as to why they will never disclose what lake Hitler's body was, like his ashes were, were laid to rest in, is because they don't want a neo-Nazi day spa. It's true. That and probably it's a nuclear waste dump site because it's in Russia. They have like it's in, no, 30 it's in Germany. Oh. His body was cremated and spread well, in Germany. Germany definitely doesn't need still more weird. Nazis. <laughs> still weird that he they didn't even fucking put him back in Austria. Did you ever see that um that aerial photo of like like from So there's like an aerial photo from like a from like a a plane looking down at like a patch of trees and it's all green trees except for like this one patch is a swastika in like a different type of like a like a maple type trees, and it's like a perfect swastika like put into the forest. Wow, like that's where Hitler's body is. The trees just grew into a swastika. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that you would want to dump Hitler's remains into a nuclear radioactive at, at waste, just in case. That is you know. The yeah, exactly. Like, you don't know. Like we we're, we're pretty damn sure that like you can't get powers from like nuclear waste. Pretty sure. But you don't want to find out with patient zero being Hitler. <laughs> you know? The ashes form the muck that is Hitler. Yeah, he just comes up and it starts with a little postage stamp rising from the fucking ashes. It's like the blob but with a Hitler mustache. Yeah. And a comb over. <laughs> That'd be perfect. That's actually fu- uh, write that down. We might take that. <laughs> on. That's a that's our that's a for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, they they were terrified of this thing. Um, and in addition to uh, writings that he left on the wall of his shed, 
Hemer recorded a number of audio tapes explaining his motivation for the attack, which uh, Michael Johnson has been, <laughs> has been listening over to an over and over and over. Um, because thankfully they were uh, released in 2004, and the uh, last recording was made 13 days before the rampage, which is the uh, which is where Hemer said, "God built me for this job." I love that. Yeah. I love that he's like, my set of skills are destined by God to go on this rampage. Like, he is a man of my own heart. Like, I don't, I, the, yeah, the uh, the final one was 13 days before uh, before the rampage. And you can, you can, some say that you could hear the, the killdozer rumbling in the background of it. Yeah. And uh, actually, so later on, the because um, he was a very religious guy, um, he said it was God's plan that he not be married or have a family, so he could be in a position to carry out such an attack. Um, and they found a handwritten list of targets at his house, uh, which, according to the police, included literally all of the buildings that he destroyed, and the local church, which oh, he didn't damage, probably because he was like, it. Jesus wouldn't like that. Well, that was probably the next place he was going to go to after the... Uh, after the, the, the place he got stuck. Yeah, the, the, the store. Yeah. Um, but God was like, whoa, 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 wait, what? <laughs> well, no, going, I got to stop this killdozer. You're going after a church now? Shit. But uh, that's, uh, been the, that's been it. But yeah, that was... I can't wait for this 15-year anniversary. We should, make a, we should make a killdozer and drive it over to Colorado just to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> they should have the killdozer parade every year where yeah. it goes the route that he went. <laughs> That'd be so sick. I mean, you just have to take down a bunch of buildings. Yeah, no, that that's that's the point. <laughs> but yeah, hey everyone. So thank you so much for listening to our expose on the killdozer. Yeah, hopefully you uh, liked it. Check out our Facebook page for many more. Uh we actually we we charted out the uh, the path that he took, we um, will show you pictures of the, the the wreck and rubble that he left in his wake. And um, I believe Mike will finally release his personal audio files on uh, these recordings. <laughs> Watch out. It's about two and a half hours, and it might make you want to build a killdozer. Right. Yeah, you can check that out at Wild Podcast at, uh, on, Facebook. on Facebook. Yeah. Or uniquelyidentical.com. Yeah. But thank you all for joining us. Remember, uh, as always, stay vigilant and stay wild. And tune in next Wild Wednesday for a fantastic new story. Go fuck yourself. I love you. No.